0: Welcome to The Solution. This is an AA speaker series meeting in which we discuss the 12 steps of the program of recovery. For 12 weeks, we have a speaker sharing their experience, strength, and hope of the AA 12 steps. My hair's in my mouth. Our speaker for this series is Mike Chase. Can we get a warm (laughs) welcome? Wait till get one of these monsters going on you. Good evening. I'm a recovered alcoholic. My name is Mike Chase. Mike and Chase. And it's uh, it's an honor to have been invited to come and do this for 12 weeks. We just, we're just talking. I'm on the, the backside of the 12 weeks. We're going to be doing five more sessions, something like that. Um, who's seen Matrix? Cool. Okay, now imagine if you walked into Matrix post falling out of the pod into the... Other part of the movie, you know, you would miss that important part that would sort of like set everything up for the rest of the movie. Or let's say you went out to the bathroom and you're us say you really missed a lot of stuff. You missed the pod drop and then you missed the pill part where the guy says, Mm -hmm. this is the pill. It's not going to make much sense to you. It's going to be, this is great special effects. You're not going to completely understand what's going on there. You know, it's sort of like walking into an opera. You know, you, you miss the first halves of the opera, and you come in and you hear all this great music, these people sing, and great special effects for an opera, you know. And also in the end, it's like, dude, that was really good, but you, but you miss the, the intent and the storyline behind it. That's where I look at uh, where we're at in the program today. We're going to start touching a little bit about... We're actually going to talk about step seven today. And imagine if I was to just walk up to... I keep beating this poor kid up. You know, Ben one day and said, you know... To have a little conversation with him. And it's like we come to the realization that he's a dirtbag. You know, he's, he steals, he manipulates. he about right. He, 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 hurts, he hurts every relationship he's ever been in. And we're like, so do something about it, dude. Right? And you're like, okay, I'm going to, you know? And he wakes up the next morning with all the, all, the, all the wanting to be a better person, all the willingness to be a better person, right? How's that going to work? Well, he's going to forget in a couple of minutes. He's going to become restless, irritable, discontent. He's gonna be, and, but, but this is him not getting drunk, by the way. This is him with, with just not getting high, not getting drunk. And by two o'clock, He's woken up and he's not even out of bed. He's always totally restless, irritable, discontent. You know? And this, yeah. all his attempts on his own to be a good person, a better person, tend to fail, especially when it becomes difficult. See, I was honest when, I didn't, have, when it was, I didn't have to steal anything, you know. I could be truthful if nobody asked me a question that I didn't have to lie about, you know. I was in, um, I think it was seven, no, senior high school, something like that. Um, I, w- I kept getting caught in lies. You know, my parents started to realize that there's something terrible because their baby boy is is lying to them. So they sent me to go talk to this therapist, and we're, we're talking to a the therapist. And he's telling me, so why are you lying to your parents? And what are you lying about? And I tell him what I've been doing, because this is confidential. And he said, like, well, I'd lie too. and Because um, he didn't want my parents... You know, so He said, like, I wouldn't tell my parents that shit either, you know? And so it ended up, the funny thing is, my parents were the ones who ended up staying in therapy. And he just said, you know, you need to... I don't even know what... But um, this whole... Yeah, I, I put my parents into therapy. <laughs> Oh, I didn't start out that way, right? Remember, I was—I was. My mom held me in her arms, and she looked down in this beauty. You should see my baby pictures because I was really pretty and cute. These eyes, and God, is just shining through me. I'm just this bundle of love and all love and no opposite, right? I was—it's hard to steal at a baby, um, but I, as a toddler, I figured out how to do it pretty quickly. You know, I, what I wanted, I wanted, and I wanted it now. I was never a kid with patience or 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 that get to do. I just. Stole it when no one was looking, or you know, I, I would manipulate to get what I could get. And it um, it didn't start out one day, it was just this total dirt bag, but a dirt, dirt bag. You know, I swear a lot lately, or I had sworn a lot lately, sworn. And, and I've been asking God to help me with, with that because that's one of my character defects. You know, I'm up here talking, and those F words come out, or the S, you know, and it's, and it's not appropriate, you know. So I've been asking God to give me some alternative words, and dirt bag is one of the words I've just recently huh. picked up on, which. <laughs> Right? Dirt bags. Um, where was I? Oh, talking about me being a dirt bag. Um, it's not something that just immediately happened. It, it happened over time, slowly over time. The first time I stole, you know, I actually weighed the consequences. No, not the consequences. I weighed right and wrong because I had this connection to God and I had this in that there's something not good about this. But there was that, always that overpowering. I want it. You know, this should be mine. This is, if I don't get it, I'm not going to be complete, you know. I guess the God thing in part of me is already starting to fade out, you know. Eight, nine years old, as I told you guys I started drinking when I was six and seven. You know, that's thats early. Um, so I must have had some stuff going on that I needed to get that spirit, you know, that that, that feeling that we get from from alcohol. Um, I, was, I was talking about this the other night. Apparently before, I think it's 1600, something like that, we didn't have... Hard spirits. It was all just beer and wine and stuff like that. And it was, it was pretty normal. People weren't getting too. But as soon as they figured out how, accidentally, how they came up with a still and they had that high power stuff, that's when the, the, the doo doo really hit the fan, the fan for mankind because we started getting really. It, we got into that spirit right away. And that's where they were referred to the spirits and the spirit of God and stuff like that. So I'm this little kid, right? And also I'm being able to. And I wasn't doing beer and wine. You know, I'm sipping on Manhattans and martinis, you know, all the good stuff that's left over that nobody's going to finish. So, so I'm feeling this really powerful feeling from this stuff um, as I'm going, growing up junior high. Well, not even junior high. We're still in grade school. Wow, that's scary. Um, cheating on tests, you know, stealing from friends, lying to parents, cheating in Cub Scouts, all these things are just slowly building up. In the, that's the kind of stuff that's truly blocking me from God. You know, it sort of made this non-binding disagreement with God to just sort of you do your stuff and I'll do my stuff. It just happened over time. So as I'm being disconnected from God and I'm finding that I don't need God because i got the spirit I find in a bottle or in a can of glue, you know, or paint or gas, I was, I was always looking for something to get me out of where I was at, in that moment, um... A couple of weeks ago we did that exercise where I just sat up here and everybody was sort of quiet, you know, just, I didn't do anything. The people started getting restless and they started thinking, what's up with this crazy guy? He's not talking, he's supposed to be doing something like that. That's that inner restlessness that we have, that, that not comfortable with where we're at, you know. So here I am not comfortable with myself, not comfortable with my family situation, my whole life, you know. So I'm reaching out for external things to make me whole. And I didn't want to have to go through the work of earning it. It was much easier just to steal it, you know. So, so here I am, eight, nine, ten, turned into a pretty good dirtbag, cheating in every everything aspect of my life was cheating. But that's not why I'm an alcoholic. That's just the way I learned to cope, you know. And if I wasn't, if I didn't have that pesky phenomenon of craving we talked about in step one, I'd just be a dirtbag. But I would be a successful dirtbag, you know. I'd be, I'd have lots of things, and I'd have. Probably not too many friends because eventually we get caught and stuff like that. But the fact that I had that phenomenon of craving kicking in at age 10, 11, you know, depend how much I drank for that to kick in. Talk about being restless, irritable, discontent just being the stuff I did sober, right? I'm lying, cheating, stealing to people sober, and then I find the relief of alcohol, and it's like, ah, oh, this feels good, and I'm starting to feel that balance. And then I'm getting drunk and doing shit stuff, doo-doo, that I would never do sober, you know? It's, like, it's allowing me to behave in ways that I never would have considered acceptable, you know? Somebody talks about that, um, our, our, uh, our, our beliefs sink faster than our ability to deal with them, you know? But something was used to be. I would never do this. I'm never going to do this. And a couple drinks later, well, I think I'm starting to do this a little bit. But I'm never going to do this. And then a few years later, I'm doing that. You know, as my time goes on. So, 24 years old, I, I hit the I hit the rehab. You know, and I'm just like this major dirt bag. I've stolen thousands from my mom. I put friends through hell. I've got absolutely no credibility. Um, any opportunity I had to lie, cheat and steal, I, I dove at. That was just the way it was. So I come into the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous, 1984. Wish I had you know had attempted had tempted a few suicides up to this point. Um, and I, I'm in rehab and I'm at this spiritual emotional jumping off spot. You know, I'm just I don't know I just wanted some change. I didn't know what to do. I just felt so uncomfortable. I had that I had a spiritual experience, you know. And um, I had been this lying, cheating, stealing, low-life, self-centered, inconsiderate, self-serving dirtbag, and then <clears throat> through a relationship that happened not on my part, but God just cleared everything away that was blocking me, and I immediately I was in the sunlight of spirit. I was this loving, caring, kind, compassionate, honest to a T. I should have got black eyes type honesty. Um the next day, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm on fire, you know, I just, I got God going through me, I'm concerned about other people, I'm honest to the T, and I moved down to Florida, and I'm getting involved with middle-of-the-road recovery, I'm going to meetings, I'm a meeting maker fool, and I'm hanging around with all these rich people, and I wish I had their stuff, but I'm knowing but I'm not stealing it, I'm just like, starting to feel less than, you know, so what happens? I start to cheat a little at work, you know. I figured if I get the opportunity to write the tip because I worked at the Marriott and we were allowed to figure, you know, a certain amount of tip on house accounts and stuff like that. Nothing major, you know. It was just instead of 15%, I could put 18% because it was an eight-party and and I was and I was running around. The way to make money was uh, we would uh, have these house accounts, you know, big conventions, and as a waiter. I could run around and fill everybody's oranges. She some more orange juice. She wants some more orange juice. You know, and they wouldn't pay. Well, we we're charging six dollars for every glass of orange juice. So here I'm giving people orange juice who don't really want to do it, you know. And I'm making all this extra money. And it's like we're sort of giggling with each other, going like, oh the suckers. They don't even get you know, the people ask for another orange, juice. They say, sure, oh, it's six dollars, you know, so we're ripping people off. But it's an okay within the group of people I'm working with. This has become acceptable. Whereas months before that I would not have done that. You know, there was there was this immediately relationship with God that, that sh- I knew right and wrong, you know? But I put myself in a position where a lot of people had more money than me, and then I started hanging out with other people where that stuff sort of became an acceptable behavior. So guess what? Over time I started doing major lying, major cheat. Oh God, when I figured out you could really lie on credit card applications, boy, that was my downfall, you know, lie about the amount of money I make and how long I've worked places and stuff like that. So I had this relationship with God that I got not by my own doing, in the, the, by you know the Hazelton White White Light experience. Fifteen years of sobriety. We talked about that. You know, gonna die. Wish I was dead. Not really happy at all. in alcoholics anonymous. I was one of those guys that if I didn't drink, it was a successful day for me. As if I didn't get drink and get caught, it was a very successful day. Um, and I ended up relapsing. We talked about that. How I started getting blocked from the God, because what's keeping me sober, my relationship with God. So as soon as I start messing up that relationship with God, I'm gonna lose the power of God and old ideas and beliefs that were you know, where do I turn and have a solution? My brain comes back and says there's a solution, it's found in a bottle, it's found in a it's found in a baggie, that type of thing. So I'm relapsed, I'm 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 torn up. I ended up coming back to the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous. I struggled for a while. I came across a guy, a big book sponsor, and he started bringing me through the book, you know Where did that matrix thing come from? you know? I had done um, in 1984 the, uh, the, pant- the, the packet recovery, you know, the Hazelton step packets one, two, three, four. I, I sort of did six and seven, I recall, but I don't think i ever really finished them. I didn't understand that whole thing. But, uh, so I didn't really understand the whole concept of, of working, turning my life over to the care of God because I didn't have to. It happened as this white light experience. So here I am t- struggling to get sober in 2005. It's not working. 2006, I finally get some guy who's gonna, who pulls me aside and says, listen, you're a real addict alcoholic. The stuff that you've been trying to do isn't going to work on you because you're real. So he starts taking me into the book, you know, and I, I, all of a sudden, I realize that I'm a real alcoholic, and I figured out the fact that I'm a thief doesn't mean I'm alcoholic. That's just the condition that I have. My condition is that I got to turn to the alcoholics to, to be to be comfortable with myself. So that was my first step. Second step is that by talking to him and seeing other people who are also in the book. What a spiritual experience is, you know, how God has stepped in their lives and helped them to become better people. Because I learned right a Right from the bat, the purpose of the book isn't to like so much to end my drinking problem. It's to to give me a relationship with God so I don't have to drink in the first place. See, I started drinking because I was such a dirtbag in myself and I couldn't live with myself. And it's is a great excuse. I feel bad about myself. I have a drink, and it goes away. Phenomenon: a craving kicks in, and I wake up in the morning feeling even worse about myself. So I'm realizing the book, the main purpose of the book, and of the program, is to help me develop this relationship with God. This amazing God that gave me this life that I've always had. I keep trying to screw it up, and God keeps giving me good stuff again. You know, I, I get fired from a job, and also I get another better job, and He keeps giving me second chances, and, second, and I keep screwing it up this whole time. Third step, you know, I, I realized at that point that the fact that when I'm in charge, which means I'm lying, cheating, stealing, manipulating, screwing people over, it's selfish, self-centered to the court, I'm, I'm sort of hoping you guys get some good from what I'm trying to get to. Mm. But it gets, wrong to it, it gets down to it. It's everything I want. And if you're not willing to play along, I'm going to put my friends up on the shelf that I have, this metaphorical shelf. If you don't want to play my game, you're not my friend anymore. And I realized that in the third step prayer I had to stop doing that. Turn my will in my life. My will is my thoughts, and is my thoughts, and my life is my actions. It's really not that big of a deal. I don't have to think like a dirtbag anymore. and I don't have to act like a dirtbag anymore. And it's, just, it's not something I just, out of the blue, I better do this because we just did this at a meeting. This is a direct result of me spending time with my sponsor, having this conversation between each other, and, and realizing that the way that I was doing it wasn't working anymore that my my behavior is actually causing more of a distance between me and God than than I would if I had been just a half bad person. Um, And I always thought God had put the walls up for me, that I wasn't good enough for him. I started finding out in, in the in the process of steps one, two, three, that I'm the guy who's blocked off God. I'm the one who's got stuff blocking me from God. We talk about the calamities, you know. I got to have more money. I got to have a better car. I got to have a better date. All these things I have to have that I put God to the side, or start blocking me from God. So I do this third step prayer, which for me was, God, I'm a dirtbag, you know. Please help me. I offer myself to you. <clears throat> I came out of that thing feeling really good. You know, it was just like... We do it three times in our family. Just sort of like this, this is the way that we do it. And I, and I just felt relieved, you know. <coughs> so, how many times have you woke up from a run, realized, oh my God, I can't drink, because every time I have one drink, I can't stop drinking. It's like, oh God, you know. Step two in the morning. It's like, God's going to help me. So I just better, you know, have God come in and help me with this one, right? So we do this little quasi third step prayer before I even to the office, you know, hoping I'm not fired yet. It's like, God, I offer everything to you. Take it away. I'm yours. Do it, you know? And by lunchtime, I've got some food in me. I'm not feeling quite as hungover. And I just wasn't fired. And I'm all of a sudden got my little brain going like, I'm just going to go out and have one drink tonight, you know. I'm just going to, I'm not going to go to that club. I'm going to stay home and have wine, or I'm going to, and what happens, boom, that cycle, this endless cycle I'm in, you know. When I did my third step prayer with my big book sponsor, as soon as we did the third step prayer, we sat down, and he handed me a packet and said, we're going to be working on this, and we continued to read in the book. Talks about action. The whole thing about the step process—it's this fluid action that, if you like, in the Matrix, if you miss a part of the movie, you don't really understand what the action is. So we spend a lot of time on steps one and two to get us connected and understand. You know, we have the step three process, and on step three, at the end of the step third prayer, third step prayer: God, I offer I offer myself to Thee to build with me and do as Thou wilt. Relieve me the bondage of self, that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties, that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help with thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. What's missing right now in this prayer? Correct. There's no amen. There's no completion. This is the body that we've gotten into. It's a body of work that we've been working on. So I've had that third step prayer. I'm a dirtbag. I need help. Please help me. That was the most I ever did. Well, also my sponsor looks down and says, Next we lock down on a course of vigorous action. The step process is a course of vigorous action. I was just talking to him about some gal, some meeting the other day. He says, I'm I'm coming out of my fourth year and I'm excited because I get to finally start working on my fourth step. And we're just like, how the hell can anyone do that? You know? Third step for three years? How could... Oh, God. I had to find out exactly, as soon as possible, what's blocking me from God. And it wasn't just sitting around listening to meetings and hearing other people talk about lawnmowers not starting and divorces and (laughs) lawyers and stuff. I had to get down to the causes and conditions. What is it that Mike Chase has made the core soul of my life that's blocking me from God, you know? When I was a little kid, here's this, this loving little child of God, just shining. And here's these opportunities to be a schmuck in a dirt bag, you know, a little lying, a little cheating, you know? And every once I go pick on that little tree, and I got a little bit of this, and I pick a little bit more. But well, by the time I'm in 10th grade, you know, this totally intertwined like a vine on I'm, I'm just this lying dirt bag that's just no matter what I do, it's a part of me. So we've got to figure out what things are going on because eventually, through the progress, God's just going to have to Rip that away and put it back where it naturally is supposed to be. Loving child of God, dirtbag opp- dirt opportunities. You know, I'm sober today, seven plus years. I have a relationship with God, but I could, if I wanted to, I could go lie and be a dirtbag. You know, I have that choice. But it's not going to be an instantaneous thing anymore. It's going to be something <coughs> I can choose. At. So we got that four-step packet that I'm working on. We're filling out everything. We're finding out what really makes Mike Chase tick. And once again I'm not gonna hear I'm not gonna learn that by hearing other people's problems and other people's consequences. This is my own personal inventory and this is something that my sponsor and our family set up. We spent a couple hours prepping just for the four steps. So when I get into this four step, I know what I'm looking for. I'm looking for these things specifically. Where have I been kind, considerate, patient, generous, even modest, and self-sacrificing? Because I can do that, too, to get what I want. You know, I don't have, I don't, I was at a, sh- a meeting in Chicago back in 84. It was so cool. We went to this, real, I went with my really, really rich friends, and uh, we, uh, <laughs> And we went to this really, really bad neighborhood for this meeting, and I'm sitting there, you know, this little, imagine me 24, it's weird. And uh, this guy raises his hand, he says, I don't know about all this God stuff and meeting stuff, but I ain't had to knife anybody for 30 days, and I'm feeling really good. And I'm just like, whoa, this is cool shit, you know. I didn't have to go down that road, you know. I had the wink or the smile or the tongue, of, you know, that I could talk people into stuff, that was my thing. We can be self sacrificing. On the other hand, we can be mean, egotistical, selfish, and dishonest. I can be a little of all those things to get what I want, and it's, I've gotten so good, I don't even have to plan anymore. It's like, how many times, how many times have you been halfway through a conversation with somebody It's like, oh crap, this is all lies. This isn't even really what's happening. It's like, so how do we rewind back and say, you know? You've got some steps that are going to help me catch that. Really, I mean, I'm, I'm in a conversation. All of a sudden, I start to be a little grandiose and, and embellishing. It's like, whoa! Actually, this is the way it happened. You know, I'm old. It's like, I love it. My memory is a little foggy, so I use that to get it to honest. And sometimes, just, you know, I just lied to you. But getting back to where you know, it's like because it's just it was so. And even today, it's hard sometimes. My brain just goes. Um, so I figure out what's causing me in the 4 step, right? And being a good, untreated alcoholic, because step four, I still have not become treated. I've done a lot of stuff that's helped me get connected to God. My relationship with God is tighter and better. I'm on my way, you know, but I'm still not shining in the glory. I'm still not recovered. I still have this full-time relationship with God. So I've got to do a fist-up with this guy that's going to sit down and point out the stuff that I'm too unable to see. You know, he's gonna be honest enough to say, this is what you say happened, but what do you think what do you think about this? I'm going like, Whoa, that's it, you know? And he's the guy who's holding me accountable to the final columns. Fourth step is my relationship with God growing by putting honestly who I am. The fifth step is that opportunity for me to sit in not in judgment with another human being, but to lay it out in front of them and say, Listen, help me. God has chosen me to chose you to be your honest, you know, who likes taking other people's inventories? Now, imagine if there's a good reason for doing it, you know, because I need your opinion on this. It's like, whoa, you don't want that because you just opened some floodgates here. Um, but that's what it was the fifth step for me. I felt great after I did my fifth step. I felt light. I felt comfortable. It was like a whole weight had been lifted off my shoulders. Yeah, I was a real dirtbag, and I saw those things. But I knew, because I've been working with my sponsor, that those were going to be changed into positive aspects, you know? When we're doing our, we're going to the seventh step and sixth step, you know, we've got these character defects. Not all of them are going to get taken away. You know, I'm going to turn everything, I'm end up eventually turning everything to God, and God's going to decide what to do with these things. So i got the fifth step. Where we're looking at these things, and the fifth step promises which are a direct result of honesty, working with another, another person. Now imagine that in conjunction with the third step prayer. Once we've taken the step, withholding nothing, we are delighted. We can look the world in the eye. We can be alone in perfect peace and ease. Our fears fall from us. We begin to feel the nearness of our Creator. We may have had certain spiritual beliefs, but we now begin to have spiritual experiences. The feeling the drink problem has disappeared often comes strongly. You know, for me, a lot of this, the, this, the fifth step promises really started coming into play after six and seven and eight and nine. That's when I really was starting to feel the, 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 the momentum of this. Because once again, remember, this is, this is a, a fluid process. These, these steps are done in order. There's no pause. And there's no, no, they're not separate chapters. They're one paragraph right after another. So I'm developing this relationship with God. It's growing. It's a fluid growth that I'm going through. And then I get this opportunity with this prepping for 6 and 7. Returning home, we find a place where we could be quiet for an hour. This is the first time... When I did my fifth step in in 2006, it was the first time since probably 1967 that I was fully connected to God, other than that white light experience, which I didn't really understand, and I completely blew that, but, I, but to, to feel the process of it happening, that's the first time I really felt connected to God. Everything that I had that was blocking me from God was gone, you know? And I made this attempt to go home and try to stay still and quiet. It didn't work very good, because I had traffic, and I had roommate doing vacuuming and stuff like that, but I knew... At that point in time, that had built had a different relationship with God. My life had changed. What we do in my family today is we finish up our fifth step. We prep for the sixth step, which is take out the book, carefully reviewing what we have done. This is me and my my sponsees alone reviewing the fourth step packet, looking at the five, six, you know, the fifth columns. Who was really showing up? Honestly, seeing the guy that I used to be. And then going back into the book and reviewing from page zero, you know, all the highlights and all the highlights and underlines we have to make sure that I know what I'm doing, that I am confident that I'm an alcoholic, you know, that I know what the solution is, and, I, and I'm really feeling like I've done a good job. I haven't been doing this just to get court papers signed. I haven't been doing this just, you know, how many? It's like you get these people showing up, and it's like I got spot. I got to get a sponsor. Why? Well, if I don't, I don't get, you know, something that the, the halfway house is forcing them to do. Did I do this four-step because I wanted to or because I get to? Did I do this fifth step because I want to or I get to? There's this whole difference of having to do the steps whereas being able to honestly want to do the steps. I wanted to do the steps. And when I work with guys, I sense that they want to do it too, so it has this whole purpose to it. We turn to the page which contains the 12 steps. We review them first five steps am I powerless over alcohol absolutely was my life unmanageable yeah because I kept trying to control it which is we're going to deal with I guess in five six seven right now would God return me to sanity absolutely third step third step positively fourth step I'm on I'm good with this spend about an hour or so just chilling with God you know prayer meditation feeling good Um, we got this thing called the God thing it's just this opportunity just sort of like stay in the moment See, when I'm connected to God in the moment, I'm feeling at peace and ease. But if I'm worried about something I did yesterday or somebody's going to come up, I can't be in the moment. Or if I'm living in fear about tomorrow, I can't be in the moment. So this is that first hour of me just being able to be in that actual moment and feel comfortable, you know? And then we come back and we ask these specific questions. So after the hour, we don't send our guys away. We keep them... Wherever we do the fifth step, we keep them in there. So we leave them alone for an hour. They do their time with God. I come back. And then we ask these specific questions. Is your work solid so far? Are your stones properly in place? Have you skipped on the cement put into the foundation? Have you tried to make mortar without sand? And this is not me judging their fifth step. This is not me looking at the fourth step and saying you probably should have done better. This is for their own decision. Have, have you, have I do I feel confident in what I did? And it's like, yeah, absolutely I do. So according to the book, we just flip the page. And if we can answer to our satisfaction, we then look at step six. Step six is that one moment of honesty where I look back at the last hour I spent with God, and then I can look one more time at the fifth columns and all my inventories and say, "What a low life dirtbag!" You know, I can see everything that I did not deluded by. But he did this, so I had to do this, or rational or, or delusion. It was like fact. This bike chase is the big old dirtbag. You know. And he looks at me and he says, "Is there any of these character defects that you feel that you should probably hang on to?" You know. And I'm 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 convinced 100 percent. Absolutely not. I have no reason for lying and cheating anymore because I fully trust God. You know, I'm, I've got this little God fist step glow going on. You know, I'm just like so into this. And, and he's like asking me these questions. I say yes. So we emphasize willingness is indispensable. Are we now willing to let God remove from all these things which you have admitted objectionable? Some of the greatest people in the world have hardly anything. You know, Mother Teresa. Look at her life. This is a woman who's poverty. She's changed the world, you know. You don't need external things to be great people. All we need is what's always been in us, God. You know, I just had put all these barriers to me having God. I've got God in my life today, and God puts great things in my life and puts some wonderful people in my life. This past week has been one of those weeks where I'm getting the spokes, you know, people sticking sticks in the spokes of my life, you know, getting sort of bump and rumply. I have an inventory process where I can find out how my little character defects, which I still have. Remember, they're over here. I still might reach for them a little bit. I can see how they may start coming back into my life, you know. But the instantaneous, I don't react to situations anymore, you know. I sit down, I inventory it, I run it by a couple people, I had a great day with my sponsor, they just did did this four-step mini four step type thing, and reviewing my day, and I'm just like God, this is so cool, because before I would never have that tool, I wouldn't have that relationship with God, where I could actually sit down with somebody across the table, and honestly say what's going on, and take, and hear advice and take it, you know? That's, That's a lot of growth that I've had as a direct result of these steps. So I'm working with these guys back to the six step, you know, and it's like, do you want to Give all this up. Is there any justifiable reason to hang on to any of these character defects that have been blocking you? And they're like, no, absolutely not. I I want to get rid of them. See, this is the magic of Alcoholics Anonymous. This is a program that's based on God. You know, our sister fellowships and stuff, a lot of them are sort of like a social, psychological type thing. But the program of Alcoholics Anonymous is a God-dependence relationship. So when I turn to God for help, like the last time I dropped to my knees and said, listen, God, I am serious with all the sincerity and honesty in my life. I can't live anymore. I'm an alcoholic and I'm going to drink myself. Please help me. What can I do? With that sincerity, God put wonderful people into my life and put me in a position to follow suggestions and directions, which got me to a point where I can work the steps. I'm sober today because I actually sincerely asked God. I had you know, I'd, I'd run out. I had run run out of all other options this was the last place for me to be so when I sincerely asked God to take away my drinking and my (coughs) cocaine addiction whoosh, it was gone you know my sponsor likes to talk about if, if God came to me and said Mike Chase I need for you to do something very important for me I say sure and he said but here's the problem I'm going to take away all your character defects until I bring you home all of them he says yeah, cool Boom. Now, if, if, if he says, if you don't think that's possible, you might want to reconsider your conception of God or your higher power. Because I know my God can do anything. This guy's amazing. So when I come to the fourth, the seventh step, which is asking God to do exactly that, to take away the things he feels I don't need and to help me to be the better person by him me becoming dependent on him for all things. I don't have to wake up in the morning and say, I'm not going to lie at the office today. I'm not going to cheat on taxes this year. I'm not going to, because I have this relationship with God that when I start to even think about doing something like that, red flags go off. You know, that thing called the conscious. You know, (laughs) that thing that went away when we drank. You know, (laughs) I got that today. So here I am thinking all these character defects are just going to magically disappear. God just gonna poof! I'll never, never be able to do any of those things again. That's not what happened for me. You know, this is like the red pill or the blue pill. You know, I have an op. God did not make me to be just a zombie without will. You know, I still have. I still have the free choice to do things. You know, but I know the difference between right and wrong. You know, I did my first five six and seven the 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 bullseye of trying to be good was pretty it was the size of a barn you know and as i've gotten soberer it keeps getting smaller you know i before i before i'd start the step work i came into the rooms of alcoholics anonymous i could get away with all i could get away with all this you know as long as i wasn't drinking it was acceptable and then i started working some steps right Mm, can't do that anymore Little bit more, well, that, oh gosh, you know, it's like, and then eventually it's like, I don't want to do this stuff. And guess what? It gets down to the point of right and wrong, you know. I know what's right and I know what's wrong. I, I, we, we, we learn how to implement the four absolutes into our lives, you know. Is this good or is this bad? You know, we're not dumb. Um, but the thing is, God still gives me the choice to do that. I'm not, not, not the zombie. You know, I can, if I have a good enough reason to break one of God's you know, rules for me, I can. I don't because it feels wrong but I got steps 10 11 to do that so this is what he's going to do when ready we say something like this this is a prayer and remember I read Bill's original how it works ways back mm-hmm. it says on your knees so we do this we, once again we, we drop down to our knees and when, this is a prayer that we do um, we take a moment to get really meditated get back, in, back into a connection with God hold hands and I have him read this my Creator, I am now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you should remove from me every single defect of character which stands in my way for my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. Amen. The process of steps three, four, five, six, and seven. Has reached a point. I've turned it over to God. I'm not petitioning to God, saying like, "Okay, God, this is what I want you to get rid of. Get rid of this, this, and this, because that I don't want, and definitely don't do this one." You know, I'm just saying, God, I'm broken, and I need help. You know, now the cool thing is, I was this automatic cheater, lying. It was just, how can I do that? It's like, you know, something like that. It's just, it was like a vine, you know. I, I, I had no chance to decide whether i 'm going to lie. I just did. I had no chance to, you know, it 's just automatic, but through this process, God has ripped it and put it back in a healthy perspective. Here I am connected to God, kind, loving, considerate and here are some opportunities some things I can do that aren 't so good, you know with God standing with me, I choose not to do i don 't even have to choose it just it 's not the right thing. I've got some lemon-flavored bleach back home. You want to go home and have some Hydrox Coba Libras with Coca-Cola? Absolutely not, you know? So just like the concept of... See, that's how I look at alcohol today. You know, alcohol is just poison-free. I'm not going to do it. Same with my character defects. When I'm confronted with these things, I, I just... I don't, you know? But what happens if we start getting restless? You know, back in the 11-step, 10-step, uh, it tells us to watch out for this stuff, um, Oh, that's cheating. I can't take it. step. That's for another week. Um, when we become disconnected from God, which we can, you know, at step six and seven, I've just come out this amazing God high of a fifth step, right? And I'm just... And next thing you know, I drive home and traffic sucks. I'm screaming or something. You know, but I know I'm loving. I'm kind. You know, it's <laughs> cool, you know. And then I get up and if I don't... Let's say I don't do what I'm supposed to, i.e., Ask God, you know, to direct my thoughts throughout the day. Spend a little quiet time getting ready for my day and praying to God. But I just run out the door. Guess what? My connection to God starts to get a little weak. And guess what gets a little closer? My character defect. I can go do that shit again, you know? However, cheating, steps 10 and 11, right? Spend more time in the morning getting connected to God, doing some spiritual stuff, you know, giving my life to God on a daily basis. Eventually, this stuff gets way over here. You know, it, it takes a lot even just to come up with a FIP. You know, it's like my boss. It's like sometimes it's like I tell these customers things like, "Why did you tell them that?" And it's like honesty, and he just sort of like, <laughs> and you know, they, they, they respect it. You know, it scares the shit out excuse me scares the doo doo out of people who don't know what it is to be live in a, a world of honesty. Clients respect that, you know, and they come back to me on stuff like that. And it's not me. This is God just sort of like keeping me conscious of where I'm at Amen. we're not stupid people you know we're not stupid people we know in our deep down the difference between right and wrong what's happened is that a lot of external conditions have allowed us to come up with rationalizations and delusions to get us to do things that we shouldn't do and the more we do it the worse we got off we get Steps four, five, six, and seven brings us into the reality of God's world. Helps us to see true from false. Now, we can take a good five, six, seven, and just like I did, you know, I had the white light experience and just said, and got busy with, and, and it goes away. I see guys that are spiritual warriors, you know, they're, they're doing the work, they're working with newcomers, or they're living this path, and all of a sudden they just decide to do a little. Not such a good thing over here, you know. And then they this well, I got away with that. Without even thinking, then they start doing this stuff, you know. This is a guy who was one of God's warriors saving lives. Slowly working back to a disconnect from God. Sometimes we can catch him, bitch slap him, shake him, you know. But if, if you don't follow through with the rest of the program, steps 10, 11, and 12, We'll be back out on the streets. We'll be doing what we need to do. This, this isn't, this isn't uh, step five, six, and seven. Isn't permanent magic. Mm. It requires maintenance. It requires work. This is a relationship with God. You get, you get a date with that. There's this hot chick. You just, oh my God! If I had the date with this girl, I would just, oh, my life would be perfect. So you luck out. You get a date with her, right? So you show up, well, somebody shows up, not you, but you get, you, know, you develop this relationship, right? You're having this great time, and every time you see her, you're bringing her chocolates or flowers, and you just, oh my God, she's the most wonderful. Mm-hmm. You know, after a while, we stop really paying attention. You know, we we take stuff for granted. We take the fact that this relationship, you know, why would she leave me? You know, why? It's like, and the relationship falls apart. You know, and everything that you built for her just goes away. Same thing with God. He's always there waiting for us. But we get too busy to spend time. We start doing things we shouldn't do. So, uh, awesome opportunity to share my thoughts on the, the 4, 5, six, seven, amen time. This is cool. Thank you guys. I appreciate you listening.